0: Boy, thank you for singing that 535, Near My God. I kept flipping back to it because, boy, that song really spoke to me. It helped me to realize that, you know what, sometimes I'm further away from the cross than I need to be. Sometimes we kind of drift in life, or I do at least, and uh, that song really spoke to me, so thank you for for singing that. Uh, We are going to be in Revelation chapter 5 today. We are continuing right on through our uh, study in the book of Revelation. We are going to kind of backtrack a little bit to what we talked about last week we read about the first uh, eight verses last week I believe eight or nine verses and um, we're going to go back to eight I wanted just to to get through eight and nine just to kind of understand what was going on uh, about Jesus being worthy the one who was worthy for our sins but there was some some good stuff that uh, we didn't get to last week just for uh, time reasons that we're going to go back to so we're going to backtrack and hit some of the verses we talked about last week but didn't cover Uh, in great detail so we're going to start uh, in verse 8 today revelation chapter 5 verse 8 and Lord willing uh, we will make it all the way through uh, the end of the chapter we have got us a doozy today there's some stuff in here Uh, but we are going to dig in and try to understand it as best we can and uh, hopefully God will uh, work in our lives through the process let's pray and then we'll read the word and dig in God I come to you this morning and I thank you that we can be in your house. But God, I pray that you'd be with me right now as I speak your word. God, I I need you to be with me, dear Lord. I pray that you would uh, just speak through me today. God, I I am well aware that I'm not worthy to stand here, dear Lord. I feel like a hypocrite so many times, dear Lord. And God, I pray that you draw me near to the cross. Help me to see the areas where I failed and uh, drift away. God, there are some that I see, so I pray that you help me to uh, to do better in those areas. God, I pray that prayer for anyone in this room, that maybe today they realize some areas where they're, where they're lacking. God, maybe there are some who came to this place today looking for hope. Uh, they're just struggling. God, I pray that they would find that hope in you. God, even now the devil uh, tempts me in my prayers from my mind to wander to think about things that are not of you, God. So I pray that you would bind the enemy today, uh, both from my mind and from the minds uh, of, of each one here. God, I pray that it be for your glory, everything that's said. I pray that you humble me now, God. I pray that you hide me behind the cross. And I pray that you do a mighty work in this place. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 5, starting with verse 8 through the end of the chapter. When he took the scroll, the four living creatures... That's Jesus here, uh, that he he's talking about. When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slaughtered and you redeemed people for God by your blood. For every, From every tribe and language and people and nation, you made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and also of the living creatures and of the elders. Their number was countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. They said with a loud voice, The lamb who was slaughtered is worthy to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, On the the sea and everything in them say blessing and honor and glory and dominion to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. Now here we have a beautiful uh, scene of what's going on. and in, in Revelation chapter 4, we were introduced to the throne room. We were introduced to the presence of God. Uh, we were introduced to these four creatures that we don't really know what they represent, but uh, they're there and they're worshiping God with all they have. Uh, we're, we're introduced to these 24 elders. Uh, some would say they represent the church, those who have been uh, raptured up, if that indeed is the case at this point. Some say they represent the 12 apostles and the 12 tribes of Israel. But here we have these four living creatures and these 24 elders. And they are before the Lamb who has been uh, introduced to John. Last week, John was heartbroken. He was crying because there was no one worthy to see what the scroll, what the book that God had uh, that was sealed up, there was no one worthy to open it. There was no one worthy to see what God had written, what was going to take place, what was going to be fulfilled, to see what God's ultimate will would be. There was no one worthy. And John cried and cried, and lo and behold, here comes one like a lion who was slaughtered like a lamb, and it was Jesus Christ. The one who has been victorious. He came and he was worthy to open the scroll. And we're going to get to that in a couple of weeks uh, as these seals begin to take place. Uh, but we're going to finish right where we left off last week. And that was uh, the Lamb had entered into the scene in heaven. And that is Jesus Christ. And we see uh, the worship taking place here. And in verse 8, when he took the scroll from the... Excuse me. When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before... The Lamb. So we still see this idea of worship taking place. Each one had a harp and gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now that is good stuff right there. Now we don't think too much of incense in our society today. I mean, it has a good smell and we know what it is for the most part. But in the Old Testament, incense was a crucial part. Uh, of, of the priest who would go uh, before the Lord every day and he would burn that incense every single day. And that was very important for the Lord. He gave lots of instruction on how incense was to be burned and there was a specific formula for how it was to be made and it was to be burned every day as the priest would go in uh, to be before the Lord. We see lots of instances throughout the Old Testament where where incense is used. We see one instance where there were some priestly guys that came down from Aaron and they decided to make the incense. They weren't supposed to. They made it the wrong way and God struck them dead. Uh, so this was a serious thing. This was a, a major part of worship. Why God was pleased by the smell or the, or, the, or the burning of incense, I really don't know. I don't know that the Bible tells us exactly why he is, but he is. And so incense is something in the Lord's eyes that is very, very important. We see in the book of Jeremiah, we see some instances in Jeremiah uh, chapter 7 verses 9 and 10 where God strictly forbids his people to burn incense to false gods. This was not just something that uh, the people who worship Yahweh, uh, the God, the creator of heaven and earth, But even people who worship false gods, they begin to do this practice. And God said, don't burn incense to any false god, only burn it to me. And so he gave some pretty strict instructions. And we see in the Old Testament how God dealt very seriously. So incense was an important thing for the Lord. We see this, uh, this incense burning taking place all the way into the New Testament. Uh, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, when he went in every day to burn incense, it said. It was his turn to go in and burn the incense to the Lord. And while he was in burning the incense to the Lord, all the people were outside praying while he was doing this. This is in Luke. Go back and check these things out. These are good things. Uh, you can go back and read them for yourself. And so we see that incense is very important to the Lord. And here of all things that she used to describe uh, in the kingdom of heaven around the throne where the lamb is, where the seals are about to be broken, there were the 24 elders and the four creatures and each one had a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, which are, here's the good part, which are the prayers of the saints. That's pretty good stuff. You know, some people say, oh, I ain't not need to pray. You might as well just be praying into the thin air because when your prayers leave your mouth, that's all they go to. The Bible says otherwise. The Bible says that the Lord has our prayers. Now that is good stuff. That is pretty reassuring for those of us who are in Christ. For those of us who pray the Lord daily or whenever it may be that we pray the Lord ever often it is. It is pretty reassuring to know that God hears our prayers. Whether it be prayers of thanks, whether it be prayers of need, whether it be prayers for someone who is sick, whatever that prayer may be, God holds those prayers and they're referred to and they're referenced to as incense. Incense represents the prayers of the saints, something that we know from the Old Testament is precious and dear to God is what is used as an illustration for what our prayers are. And not only does he hold on to them, he holds on to them in golden bowls. The best of the best of the best. He don't put them in a Ziploc bag. He don't throw them in a box in the corner. Our, <clears throat> excuse me. Our prayers are kept and held by the Lord in gold bowls. I'm going to tell you, I looked up some gold bowls this week just out of curiosity. I was like, how much could a bowl? <clears throat> they cost a lot. A golden bowl about this big? It costs, I mean, many, many thousands of dollars. And God is using them to keep our prayers. Now I believe our prayers are very precious to the Lord. I believe that this verse uh, tells us so. And here we have these creatures and our prayers are there. Some would say that these prayers may represent all the prayers throughout history, uh, prayers of believers who have been persecuted, prayers of people who have been praying for the Lord to come back, prayers of people who are, are who are praying for God's judgment to come on this earth and for his people to be redeemed. We don't know what these prayers are. I believe it's all of our prayers. Every single one of them. From the littlest one when we lose our earring, that was the illustration we had in Sunday school this morning. From and the biggest one to when somebody's sick uh, from the prayer where we ask for for God to deliver us whatever it may be I believe that God holds those prayers dearly and we see that here right. and then the people begin to sing a new song I say the people the elders and the four living creatures uh, they begin to sing a new song there was an old song what was the old song I think the old song, we get a good idea of it. And just, just a little bit further back in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, listen to this old song they sing. Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things, and because your will they exist and were created. The old song was a praise to God. God is worthy to be praised. God is worthy to be praised because, look, He created everything. He is in power. He is the Creator. All things exist and were created by Him. If Jesus Christ had never come onto the scene, God is worthy to be created. Even if we never had received the grace of Jesus Christ, God is still worthy of being praised because of all that He has done. God is still worthy. And the old song was praise to the Lord, but now we have a shift. Now, not only is there praise to the Lord, the maker and the creator of heaven and earth who created all things and nothing was created uh, except for by him. We have a shift to a new song because now we have the lamb who has been victorious, who had entered the scene in the previous verses. And now the new song is not only to the Lord God, the creator, but also to the lamb who gave his life and is resurrected and has brought victory and redemption to those who would seek him. That is a good new song to sing. If there was no new song, church, we would have no hope. If there was no new song that was being sung about in heaven, we would have no hope. We could still thank God. You're good. You're great. We thank you for being great. We thank you for creating us. But at the end of the day, we're still sinners and we're still separated from God. But because there is a way that we can be redeemed, because there is a way that we can receive God's grace, a new song was being sung. Not only was the Father being sung to in praise, but also the Son who had given every single thing for us. And we're going to get to see that one day, those who are in Christ. We're going to get to be there singing that song of praise to the Father and the Son. That's going to be a good day. And these 24 elders and 4 living creatures are singing... And they say, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slaughtered and you redeemed people for God by your blood. From every tribe and language and people and nation. Boy, that's reassuring. You know what that verse tells me is that heaven is all-inclusive. God doesn't pick favorites. Now, he's got his chosen people, Israel. He come to them first. They rejected Jesus. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. That's you and me. Praise the Lord to all of us. Even from the beginning of time, uh, God told Abraham when he taught him the promise, I'm going to bless all nations through you. And here we see in heaven that Jesus is the one who has died to redeem the people from every tribe and language and people and nation. Heaven's for everybody. everybody. It's for you, it's for me, it's for everybody. It don't matter what your skin color is, it don't matter how old you are, it don't matter where you're from, it don't matter what language you speak. Heaven is for anybody. And don't let anybody tell you different. Don't let anybody tell you different. We see in these verses that when Jesus died, it was to redeem all of us. That grace is some good grace. It goes a long way. Verse 10, now here's where it gets serious. Take a deep breath, and I will try my best not to bore you. But we're going to dig into verse 10 because this is a tough, it's a tricky verse, tricky verse. Verse 10, you made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they will reign on earth. Now, some of your your translations say something different there. Some of your translations say you made us a kingdom and priest to our God, and we will reign on earth forever. Now, there's a big difference there. You say, why is this important? Well, I don't know it's that important, but I want to talk to you about it anyway, because it's a difference there. The only translation that uses the second reading that I just said is the King James Version. Every other translation uses they or excuse me, them and they. That is that these, these, these 24 elders and these creatures who are singing this song are singing about others who are redeemed, others who have been washed by the blood and been saved by what Jesus Christ did. If you hold to the reading that it is you made us a kingdom and priest to our God and we will reign on earth, then therefore this has to be Christians. This has to be people who had received the blood of Christ to be forgiven. You say, well, why does that even matter? Well, it matters for a couple of reasons. One, it matters is, this verse, if you hold the view that uh, the Christians will be raptured before the tribulation, that is, before all the bad things happen, then you would probably prefer the King James Version here, and that is, um, us and we. That these are, this is the church, these are Christians that are singing uh, this song right here, because they have already been raptured up. If you hold to the uh, they and them reading, which is in most translations, it is that these elders and these, uh, 20, uh, these 24 elders and these four living creatures are not indeed those who had been redeemed by the blood of Christ. Obviously, the four living creatures weren't redeemed by the blood of Christ because they were in heaven, they were perfect, they had never sinned. So which one is it? I don't have a clue. I cannot even begin to tell you how much I've read different commentaries and different arguments about the Greek and the this, that, and the other and all kind of stuff. I won't bore you with that. But I have my own view, whether it's right or wrong, and it's this. I don't know that we have to take a, a, a strong stand and say, well, it has to be one or it has to be the other. It has to be this way or it has to be that way. It either has to be the church that's raptured or it has to be uh, the church is going to come later. Now, I didn't find this view in anything, so you don't, have to, you don't have to put too much thought into it. But here's what I think. Whether the church is in heaven and been raptured at this point or not, I don't know. But I believe these 24 elders represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And I believe they represent the 12 apostles. And even though these people from the 12 tribes of Israel would never have known of Jesus Christ, even though they never would have seen Him, they would have known the Messiah was coming. And they would have known that He was the only way to be forgiven. And His blood is still the same blood that covers their sins as ours. Even though He came after them, His blood is still the same blood that covers their sin is ours so i don't know what the proper reading of this verse is i don't have a clue but i know that we are all covered by the blood even those people who were already with the lord before jesus ever came they were covered by the blood of christ they believed that jesus christ was coming they believed the messiah was coming they had faith and they trusted in him and jesus christ saved those people so maybe it is that some of these people who are singing this song, some of these elders, were people who had gone on before Jesus Christ ever came onto the scene, but they were still there worshiping the Lord because His blood covered them just the same as it covers ours and those who were going to be brought into heaven later when the rapture would take place, if that's indeed how it happens. A verse to help us understand that a little better is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26, if you want to turn with me there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26. You don't have to if you don't want to. I just want to read you one verse talking about uh, these Old Testament heroes of faith uh, and the faith that they had in the Messiah that was coming. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26. This is talking about Moses. This is Moses here. We know Moses, a lot of us do. If you don't, he's in the book of Exodus. He's a cool guy. Go read him and check him out. In verse 26, for he considered the reproach because of the Messiah to be greater wealth than the treasure of Egypt, since his attention was on the reward. Here we see that Moses would rather follow the Messiah. The Messiah hadn't even come. But this verse tells me that Moses was looking to what was going to come, and that was Jesus Christ whose blood was going to cover his sins, even though he wasn't even on the scene yet, when Jesus Christ came and died on the cross, his blood forgave all those sins of all those who had believed in him before he ever came onto the scene. Let's read a little further in Revelation. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. Now that's an interesting idea that the Bible says that we as Christians are a kingdom and priest. That's pretty cool. A lot of times we don't think of ourselves as priests, especially you read the Old Testament, and all throughout the Old Testament there were certain people who were designated to be priests, and only those people could be priests. That's what makes Jesus pretty cool. Because he didn't come from the priestly line. He was a king, but he was also the priest. Because he also was the one who made sacrifice on our behalf. And that's what makes Jesus cool. But that's what's cool about you and I who are in Christ, is that we are referred to as a kingdom and a priest. Jesus being the king of our kingdom. You know, when you read in the New Testament, you see a couple of different times where it says, a repent for the kingdom has come near. Now what does that mean? I'll tell you what I think it means. I think it means that Jesus Christ was on the scene and that there was no way to enter the kingdom except through Jesus Christ. We had no entrance to the kingdom if Jesus Christ had never come. And when Jesus came to the earth, that entrance to the kingdom had come near because the king was here and it was through the king that we gained entrance to the kingdom. The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God has come, brothers and sisters in Christ. The kingdom of God has come for those of you who are still seeking and looking for a king. I got news for you, Jesus will not disappoint. There have been some bad kings and rulers in the world. Jesus is not one of them. And the Bible says that we are a kingdom because we have submitted to King Jesus. And we are also a priest. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 if you want to flip there you can if not just listen 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 talks about this very thing but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light There you go. There's another example. We are a kingdom and priest. And you say, well, what about all those priests in the Old Testament and all that way? Well, even God knew then that there was going to be a different way. Here's why I believe that. If you want to flew with me, you can. Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. We even see mention in the Old Testament of this very thing. Exodus chapter 19 verses 5 and 6 Now if you will listen to me and carefully keep my covenant and you will be my own possession excuse me you will be my own possession out of all the peoples through all the earth though although I cannot see y'all I'm sorry Now if you will listen to me and carefully keep my covenant you will be my own possession out of all the peoples, although all the earth is mine. And you will be my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. This is God talking to his people. Even in the Old Testament, where there was clearly people who served as priests, Jesus or God was saying, if you follow my commands, if you follow my covenant, I will make you a kingdom and priest. And that's pretty reassuring for me. To know that God would hold us as Christians is that high. But it's not because of what we do. It's not because of what we did. It's because we have submitted to our King Jesus. It's because we have submitted to Him. We have reason to rejoice, church. We have reason to rejoice because there is a new hope. There is a new song, and that is Jesus Christ. The same hope, the same new song that was being sung about in Revelation chapter 5 is the same song that gives us, you and I as Christians, reason to hope. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and also of the living creatures and of the elders. Their number was countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. That is a lot of angels that has entered onto the scene. I don't know how many millions upon millions, maybe even billions or trillions. I don't even know. I didn't do the math. That's a lot of angels. And can you imagine, can you imagine? I mean, we sing, we get a big choir. You know how it seems when we get a big choir, like 15 people up here? That sounds good when you get a lot of people singing. Or if you've ever been somewhere and you've heard a big choir sing, it is beautiful. But can you imagine millions upon millions upon millions of angels in heaven singing? praises to the lord and it ain't gonna be no out of key stuff like me i'll sing half a song on one key and half in the other now this is gonna be some good stuff now look i want y'all to come to our inspirations. we do that the last sunday night of every month we sing and play and it is fun and you guys are gifted and talented god has given you a lot of gifts and talents but heaven is going to blow that out of the water i'm telling you it is going to be awesome And there's going to be millions upon millions of angels. And there's going to be millions upon millions from every tribe, language, and people and nation who have gathered there, who have accepted Jesus Christ as their king, who have become a kingdom and priest. And one day we will all be in heaven with Jesus Christ and God our Father and we will be singing praises with these angels. That is going to be a good day. They said with a loud voice, The lamb who was slaughtered is worthy to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. The lamb is worthy. The lamb is worthy. You say, what is the lamb worthy of? The lamb is worthy of everything. The Lamb is worthy of every every breath that we utter, every song that we sing, every prayer that we lift up, every praise that we have, everything that is in our body to give to the Lamb and Jesus Christ. He is worthy to receive that. And so, no, I ain't got time for Jesus. I got this and that and the other and this that and the other and I can't do this and I can't do that. If we can't make time for Jesus who is worthy of all glory and praise, then who can we make time for? boy, I am stepping on my toes because I can find a lot of time for a lot of stuff, y'all. I can do it. I can find time to watch football games. I can find time to play Xbox. I can find time to do a lot of stuff. But sometimes Jesus falls to the wayside. Jesus is worthy of our praise. Jesus is worthy of our time. Jesus is worthy of everything that we have to give Him. And we see that because there are millions upon millions of angels and elders and creatures in heaven praising His name for what He has done. I heard every creature in heaven on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything in them. They weren't just half-heartedly doing it. It's not like, alright, we've been here for all of eternity. I know, God is good. Jesus, when he died, he's good. Alright, Jesus, we praise you. No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't, you know, we do that sometimes if we're honest. We come to church and we got other stuff on our mind and we're ready to go and some of you are saying, no, I wish you would hurry up and we're, you know, we, we kind of sing through the songs and we go through the motions, but we're not giving it all we got. And here in heaven is these angels and these creatures and these elders worship Jesus Christ. They were doing it with every everything in them. Boy, that's a good example for us to go by, church. That is a good example for us to look at the excitement that they are having toward Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that God would give me that same excitement and give you that same excitement. They were saying with everything in them... Blessing and honor and glory and dominion to the one seated on the throne, that's God, and to the Lamb, that's Jesus, forever and ever, that's always. When we accept Jesus Christ and we become a kingdom and a priest to Him, when the time comes that He comes and gets us, whether it's before the tribulation or after, I don't know, but the time is coming that He's going to get us and He's going to take us there and we're going to be there with Him, worshiping the Lord. And that's going to be a good day. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. Now, I don't know where everybody stands today. I don't know your heart. But I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. I want to tell you you've got a reason to hope today. I want to tell you that this wonderful stuff that we've been reading about the last few weeks in Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5 where we see the presence of God in the throne room, where we see the worship that takes place, where we see a marvelous place where God is on the throne and the Lamb is right there beside Him and the Lamb is worthy. Jesus wants you to be there. Now maybe you've never accepted that. Maybe you've never become part of His kingdom. Maybe uh, the kingdom has come near to you. You've heard Jesus Christ preach. You've read His Word. You've come to church. You've seen some good Christian people. And, and, and you've, come, you've come close to the kingdom of God. It's come near you. But you had not entered that kingdom because you haven't accepted Jesus Christ. Because of what He did, you have reason to praise. You have reason to go to Him. He is worthy. He can forgive you of all that you have done. He can cleanse your heart. He can make you His. He can make you a kingdom and priest. He can allow you to enter into the kingdom. He is worthy and only He is worthy. There is no other. You have to say the prayer. You have to ask the Lord to come into your heart, to forgive your sins. Maybe some of you are Christians and and you've already been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ and you're struggling. You've gotten off track. You're not worshiping God from the heart. You're not worshiping with all you have. You're just going through the motion. Maybe the Holy Spirit has convicted you today. And praise the Lord. Pray it to God. He wants to hear your prayers. Don't forget, He keeps them in gold bowls. If God is speaking to you today, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is only one alternative. Either you will be in this wonderful, marvelous place that we have talked about today, or you'll go to hell. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Where there will be no God, where there will be no hope, where there will be no pleasure. You say, you're just trying to scare me. Well, if it scares you, then good. I'm just telling you what God's Word says. But praise the Lord, we have a worthy lamb who was slain, but didn't die. He overcame death and he received the victory. And he wants to share that with you and I. Let's pray. God, I come to you this morning and I thank you for your words. I thank you for each one that's in this place. And maybe there's one in this place, dear Lord God, that does not know you, that's not part of your kingdom, that's still living in this world, dear Lord, living far this world. I pray that you'd convict them, that you'd tug on their heart, dear Lord. God, I know sometimes we come across verses that are kind of confusing. We don't really understand what they mean, God. Us and them, they and we. God, it's just a bunch of stuff, and we want to know God. It's not that it's pointless, but help us not to get sidetracked with those things, dear Lord, that we can uh, so often argue about, and don't don't do us any good, dear Lord. But help us to focus on Jesus Christ, the Lamb who is worthy, the Lamb who was slain, the Lamb whose blood can cover any who would come to Him. God, if there are some in this room that have not done that, that they would do it today. God, we thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank you that they are precious to you. We thank you that we can be a kingdom and a priest to you, dear Lord. And I pray that we would worship you and love you and seek you with all that we have. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.